Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Rivian braves the EV winter, or tries to. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. It was not all that long ago that electric vehicle maker Rivian was drawing comparisons to Tesla. But flagging demand for EVs has not served the company well. Its earnings release this week made that much clear. We'll have more on that on today's Marketplace Tech Bytes Week in Review, as well as a look at why American venture capital firms appear to be pulling back from funding startups in China. But first... Amazon has come a long way since it was founded 30 years ago. Its next stop, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's poised to be added to the Dow on Monday. Jewel Burke Solomon, managing partner at Collab Capital, explained why there's a bit of irony to Amazon displacing Walgreens Boots Alliance on the storied index. The only stock that was previously long-lasting in the Dow Jones Industrial Average was uh, GE, which was in the average for 111 years and was booted by Walgreens uh, in 2018. And so it's interesting that now Walgreens is getting the boot after just five years, five or six years um, by Amazon, which is also interesting because Amazon um, is coming in at a time when Walgreens performance has not been sort of up to par, not been what the market would like to see. Uh, And so now Amazon's coming in at a time when they are expanding into healthcare, um, of course, a a stronghold in cloud computing. Um, So it's really kind of a lot of things happening at once. And then I think this change is prompted by a Walmart stock split. So that was really what caused this change at this time. So you mentioned healthcare and web services. We didn't even talk about the e-commerce side of the company because in a way, I don't want to call it secondary, but in some ways, you know, this Amazon story has evolved away from that in, in some in some part. Can you talk about the healthcare piece of this story? How does that um, explain where Amazon is right now as a company? Yeah, so Amazon over the last few years has really been putting together the pieces so that 
anything you need from a healthcare perspective, you can talk to Alexa and get the answer, or get your pills delivered, um, go to a clinic, and they own all of it. And so I'm referring to, of course, their acquisition of PillPack uh, several years ago, more recently, the acquisition of One Medical, um, and really just taking the approach of domination in the sense of how can we make sure that everyone has access to healthcare through Amazon. Um, and so even putting the One Medical alongside uh, Prime as a benefit um, is something that they've done to ensure that they kind of uh, own the value chain across all of the healthcare industry. Yeah. We like to say here at Marketplace, the stock market is not the economy. Well, the Dow is not the stock market. If you are an institutional investor, you're probably keeping a closer eye on the S&P 500 than the Dow. But this is something that really matters to retail investors. So it's going to be really interesting to watch this story unfold. And, you know, being on the Dow doesn't mean your stock's going to pop all of a sudden, but it does hold a little bit of cachet, does it not? It does. It does. And I think Amazon has got a little bump just by the mention of them coming on board. Yeah. We should also mention Uber is going to be added to the Dow on Monday as well, joining Apple and Microsoft among the fabulous seven. Uh, so now you have three of the seven on there. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be returning to some company news in a moment, but I want to move to our next story. I've so been looking forward to having your take on this one uh, about venture capitalist Aaron Griffith at the New York Times has been writing that some venture capital firms here in the U.S., in Silicon Valley specifically, are starting to divest from startups in China. Talk to me about why American VCs are moving away from China. Yeah, I think there are a few reasons. One, uh, there's obviously a lot of political uh, contention going on at the moment with China, and uh, there are risks involved with being um, heavily weighted as far as investing in China, or at least that's what some VCs believe. And so you've you've seen some firms uh, take their China investments and put them under a different entity. Um, and you've seen some VCs pull out of China altogether. You know, we'll see what happens, but I think it will do a few things uh, for American-based startups. Hopefully this means that there's more investment capital available to them. And I think, you know, we're, we're seeing this resurgence or uh, this thematic approach that many VCs are taking now around American dynamism. So um, making sure that the solutions and technologies that are being developed are happening here um, and, and really taking it from approach of there's a competition uh, across the, the, the ocean, if you will, as far as um, who's developing the fastest related to AI, uh, related to chips, um, all of these things that are really going to make a difference uh, when it comes to who is the superpower that wins out. So this could be good news if you are an American startup. How much of this has to do with pressure coming from Washington? We had that executive order from the White House last year, um, kind of effectively banning uh, certain investments, especially um, in Chinese startups that are focused on sensitive areas like artificial intelligence, like quantum computing. You mentioned semiconductor chips. Um, and then you also have a congressional committee that's looking into this, doing their investigation and grilling some of the, the companies here as well, some of the VCs, I should say. How much of this has to do with pressure coming out of Washington, D.C., would you say? 
I think that does have a lot to do with it. Um, I don't think any VC wants to be um, in bad graces with the the federal government. So I'm sure they are taking a note um, as far as some of these executive orders that are coming down. And also, I think it has to do with the fact that people do want to invest here at home. There's a lot of great companies and great talent uh, that's U.S. based. And so um, going back to focusing attention, and, and I'll say the last thing is there, there may be also some LP pressure. A lot of the VCs have pension funds and uh, local um, investors. And so there may also be some pressure on the VC side from LPs uh, to ensure that investments are staying domestic. Last thing on this, want to ask you about, is there a part of this that is also about just growth in China slowing down? That could be it as well. I think the China market has struggled a bit. Um, and so there may not be as many opportunities as there once were. Um, so that may be part of the the equation as to why there's been some pullback on the VC side, um, U.S.-based VCs investing in, in China. We'll be right back. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Jewel Burke-Solomon. We're going to return to company news because there were some interesting tech earnings this week, a little company called NVIDIA, um, <laughs> which you can only describe in superlatives, apparently. <laughs> it came out with earnings on Wednesday uh, evening and uh, did quite well. On the flip side, there is another company, Rivian, the EV maker, um, did not do so well this week. Wall Street likes growth. Um, what we're seeing from Rivian is not that. They say they're going to be producing the same number of vehicles this year as they did last year. And they were summarily punished for that. So what seems to be going on at Rivian right now? Yeah, I think the story on Rivian is what we're seeing across a number of companies where um, if you are relying on consumers to buy in a market where interest rates are high, uh, there's going to be an impact. And so, um, yeah, Rivian is not seeing the growth that it was expected from them. And I think they're going to be sort of trickle down as far as impact there. Um, I'm based in Atlanta. There's a There's been a big story around um, Atlanta being one of the places where Rivian is going to, to come and have a, a big presence. And so obviously there'll be impact uh, to markets where they were planning on growing, but hopefully they're able to rebound. Um, but yeah, this isn't what anyone hoped for as relates to the uptick and the adoption of electric vehicles and in particular uh, Rivian. Yeah, they're burning through a lot of cash, questions about whether they can be profitable. Um, and what's so interesting to me, too, about this story is how it hits on a lot of themes in tech that we've been talking about. You mentioned higher interest rates, which, you know, that makes it harder to buy a car right now. Um, slowdown in EV demand is another theme we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, and then the company is going through layoffs as well. They just announced this week that they are letting go of 10% of their staff. Um, what I do want to ask you about too, though, is it sounds like they're pushing into a more affordable bracket. And by affordable, I mean <laughs> vehicles that are forty to $60,000, which is still out of reach for a lot of people. But does that move generally seem promising for this company? Uh, maybe. You know, they are so far from profitability and they are losing so much money per vehicle. And so if they go down on the prices of the vehicle, then you still have this problem of how do we get to a point where the business is profitable? 
um, and, and that takes them further away from, from that destination. And so obviously consumers would be happy, perhaps more people would buy, but I think it's still a big issue around how do they get their cost model in such a way where they can achieve profitability, which is what the market wants to see. Yeah. And before I let you go, just would love your take on the EV space in general. Um, we used to talk two years ago about the crypto winter. Now I'm hearing the phrase EV winter, as in demand has gotten that bad in this space. Yeah, you know, I, um, I've i been an electric car owner since 2016, so always been excited about this space and, and hoping that it really takes off. Um, it's a little disappointing to see that it's, it's slowing down a bit because I think from an environmental standpoint, we, we want more electric vehicles on the road. But again, the, the businesses and the underlying manufacturers have to figure out how do they get the cost model to work so that they can continue to increase production, get more cars on the road, and also make sure that the charging infrastructure makes sense um, so that folks that are maybe in more rural areas outside of the big cities have access to be able to have these cars and, and charge them up. That was Jewel Burke-Solomon with Collab Capital. You can find the full video of this episode of Marketplace Tech Bytes Week in Review on our YouTube channel, Marketplace APM. And subscribe if you haven't already to watch us every Friday. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. Rosie Hughes and Daniel Shin also produce our show. Lydia Ayano is our intern. Becca Weinman is our engineer. Daisy Palacios is our senior producer. Kelly Silvera is our executive producer. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.